3: Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
2: Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. It is that after autumn nations feeling when we are back breakfast show edition Matt, David and Alan to wrap up everything that went on in Scotland's four big games, but also cast an eye forward. Looking forward to the state of the nation ahead of the six nations, which will be with us in a mere, I think it's like 68 days or something like that until we take on England at Murrayfield. So something very much to look forward to once we get the trifling matter of Christmas and the 1872 cup out of the way alan have you got your triple caramel foam latte ready to go this morning
0: no i've decided to sort of um push myself and follow follow matt's lead and go for sort of the 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 black coffee and i'm not gonna lie i'm hating it (laughs) no no one
3: enjoys it in the first place you've got to sort of wean yourself onto it i think
2: You are just sitting there drinking black coffee, thinking like cursing the people that invented coffee and being like, had you guys not heard of Terry's chocolate orange when you did this? Like what the hell?
0: (laughs) I imagine there's like levels. It's just like Nescafe with hot boiling water in a mug. Isn't the nicest thing in the world, is it? Yeah. You've got to, you've got to sort of um, put a bit of milk in that guy. Yeah. Sugar
3: maybe.
2: Yeah. You've Uh, really got to take, take the edge, take the edge off that. Um, Matt how how are you doing? Are you having your dry granola just starting the day in that, in that sort of manner in which you enjoy?
3: yeah, you know me uh, cold shower, black coffee, that kind <laughs> of thing. Um, did you see speaking of eighteen seventy two cup did you see the promo video that
2: uh Edinburgh launched
3: yesterday about it?
2: um Is it the one that had lots of like it was like fast cut and like word yeah. like single words, yeah, yeah, it,
3: it was some really great marketing copy it was like thing. friends beers
2: <laughs> rugby enthusiasm <laughs>
3: noise it, it said um this is not just a derby this is bigger than all of us
2: <laughs> bigger than all of us
3: yeah that's literally what it said which i thought was amazing
0: that's incredible it's also like the exact definition of a derby <laughs>
2: Yeah, was there any here, I was, here I was thinking that you know climate change is the big thing that we all needed to, that was bigger <laughs> than all of us. <laughs> when actually, it, it was the 1872 Cup. You don't hear politicians talking about it as much, though. I know. I, they really it's I did um, see
0: Sturgeon threw out a message to Hoggy, though. Did I
2: she? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, she was like, "Congratulations on um, becoming like top try scorer in Scottish rugby history." Sturgeon
2: loves Scottish rugby. She does. That photo of her um, drinking out of the Calcutta Cup is class to be fair. It's like like Dave Dave Denton in Budgie Smuggler's standing next to her. It's quite funny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, we can save a little bit of that Six Nations in 1872 chat. There's going to be plenty of time to cover that in the weeks and months to come. We've got a little bit of news back to the sort of the normal running order after a few weeks of just looking at Um, Team selections and looking forward to games. Some big news in the world, in world rugby with the change to player eligibility rules, which has been designed to allow largely Pacific Islanders who have been capped by New Zealand, England, Australia in the large to go back and play for their home countries, Fiji, Samoa. And Tonga in the large, but it might allow, or it, should, it does allow um, others to switch their international eligibility, provided that they've not played international rugby for three years. So, Alan, why don't you give us a bit of a, a bit of a view on on this? And do you reckon we're going to see any rogue Scottish players coming up in the next few years?
0: Well, I think because I think when most people sort of initially discussed this, they they were looking at it through the lens of essentially t- players that have played for tier one countries sort of dropping down and playing for tier two. But uh, as we sort of, we discussed sort of off the pod, it, it feels like that is just too difficult a system to have in place. Cause it's actually quite hard to put in, like a set of like guardrails, which say this is definitively a tier one country. and This is definitively a tier two country. And then if you sort of use the rankings, if countries like Fiji end up kind of going up the rankings after getting kind of a couple of their players, it then means Players can't sort of drop down to drop down to play for them. So I actually, well, I thought it was quite likely that if the rules were brought in place, that it would be this sort of all, all the same for all for everyone. But um, but yeah, I imagine. I wonder how sort of prepped sort of the the Jim Mander sort of um, broader performance team was, and whether they've kind of got a list of players that they had sort of mapped out that you know couldn't currently play for them.
2: But Does now- it make Assigning, like, of a guy like Jack Dempsey look more, you know, more planned than perhaps we thought it was at the time. Cause I think he played his last fixture for Australia in 2018. So late
0: 2019.
2: Late 2019. So actually, he will be.
0: I think Autumn I mean, Internationals. To, Autumn 20, international next year.
2: next year, he will be eligible. I mean, th- th- you could see that that could be something that is obviously not written into his contract, but they could say, look, you know, that the discussions are ongoing at World Rugby. This could be a thing that, you know, entices him north of the, to the Northern Hemisphere.
0: 100%. I imagine, you know, it was part of us. Scotland sort of consideration process. I can't imagine it was sort of the, the defining factor, but ultimately, you know, it's a sort of cherry on top of what is potentially kind of a, a risky signing for Glasgow, right? Um, and he kind of seems to be sort of probably the the main um, player that people are sort of identifying as who under the previous system couldn't have played for Scotland. But now, as I said, coming into sort of Autumn International 2022, I think potentially in the back row after this sort of awesome series, it feels like, it's not, it would be the worst thing to have a little bit more depth, especially kind of players that can sort of carry the ball. So I, you know, I imagine Scotland will very quickly be sort of putting a proposition in front of Jack Dempsey that says, "says we want to give you your first cap next year."
2: How, how does it sit with How does it sit with you, Matt? It, um, there's obviously been huge discussions throughout this autumn, Nations, but also over the last few years about you know, does residency laws sort of undermine the idea of nationality? And now world rugby seems to have brought in a situation where you could play for Scotland in 2023 and then say you were English or Welsh or you had another split nationality at the next World Cup, you could just switch switch your allegiances.
3: Yeah, I think that side of things is, is quite strange. And um, Alan, you were talking about the idea of having a sort of four-year uh, grace period whereby you, you couldn't switch in between World Cups. You couldn't play for one country in a World Cup and then play for another one in the next one, uh, which I think is quite reasonable. Um, I mean, I th- I think the system, I think the idea behind it is is pretty good. I think that it's obviously aimed at maybe main, mainly Pacific Islanders, for instance, who've played one or two games for New Zealand and then haven't played again. Um, And I think that clearly someone like Charles Piotr wants to play for Tonga. Um, And I think the fact he's not been allowed to, you know, I I don't see a problem with that. But but then I do look at that, we talked about the other week, potential Tonga team that Scotland could play in their World Cup uh, pool. And I do get a bit worried. Um, And I think that you can make a lot of examples about, you know, the fact that the Vunapoas could play for wales potentially and that thought just seems a bit ridiculous really um and people might say that's a that's a um sort of exaggerated example but i'm pretty sure that that, that Jap- japanese scout at the moment is like working some pretty long days trying to find people who qualify on that basis because Scotland. <laughs> Scotland will do any, anything in and, their power to to select people,
2: and we might not like it, but I guess like the SRU's remit is to make like Scotland the most competitive team it, it can be, and you know this potentially does open up a pool of players that you know. Alan, you found an All Black that um, might be might be eligible.
0: I think you could always assume that an an All Black who's Played for the Highlanders has like a fifty percent chance of having like a Scottish <laughs> grand Yeah, If you're Basically,
2: from Dunedin or Invercargill, there's a good chance like that you've got some Scottish blood. Exactly. So you've got Elliot Dixon who has definitely has Scottish and Irish
0: ancestry and is currently playing for B Ritz in the back row. He's a bit old. He's like thirty three, but you know, ultimately, again, quite an abrasive sort of back row option could be quite interesting for Scotland potentially. You know,
2: not far off sort of like your Matt Ferguson
0: level to be fair. Um Do
2: you think the all blacks are looking at Hugh Blake and thinking, got a chance to get him back in the system there?
0: Yeah, Hamilton Burr and Hugh Bl- oh no Hamilton Burr's never cap for Scott, has Sorry. No. Yeah, John Hugh Hardy. Blake, Phil Burley, John Hardy. Yeah, all the big names. England are looking at Daryl Marfo. <laughs> they'd
2: be they'd be mad not to.
0: Imagine Eddie just did that troll. And and <laughs> and called up Daryl Marfo. It, I think it would be sort of like the pod's greatest moment. I
2: it would happily go into the England changing room and present him with his first cap for England. I'd be so proud of him.
0: <laughs> um there was a few people floating around uh, whether um Red Path would just be sort of continuously injured for sort of three years and then would return to England for the for the next World Cup. But um but
2: yeah. I think, I think that would be like an indie ref two trigger. I think that would be the last strong.
0: <laughs> I think there is a few interesting kind of players though for, for Scotland. I think that Elliot Dixon is an interesting one and I imagine though Scotland would very quickly be on his sort of radar because I do think he's the sort of back row player that Scotland don't seem to be able to do. Well, mm. He's probably got a, a rel- relatively similar vibe to Jay Richie to be fair. Rury McConaughey. I know, I know yeah. wingers isn't yeah. Somewhere that we need a lot of depth, but you know he's p- pretty strong for for Bath, and you know probably would get in ahead of people like Hoyland, for example. He's thir- well, he's thirty now, so his last cap would have been twenty nineteen. So yeah, yeah, he could potentially get a cap at thirty one, and then obviously Zach Mercer, we don't think would be eligible under the current rules. Um, and then Felix Lambie was the one I always quite like floating around. No one's, I, I can never tell whether that's just like a, a rumour. Uh, there was definitely some l- level. I'm sure there was some level of substance to the fact that he had some sort of Scottish ancestry, but then I can't find it on Google. And Gregory Aldrey could definitely play as well. I, 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 don't, I, I thought Gregory Aldrey fell into the Zach Mercer camp where uh, did he? he lived in Scotland for a period of time, uh, but ultimately wasn't born to either Scottish um, family and
2: wasn't born in Scotland. Imagine he's just like, he's got the French Home World Cup and he's just like, I'm going to stand down this one, guys, because I just want to get into Scotland. <laughs> I want to get into the Scotland South as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're kind of talking and I guess it's, it's, it's a little bit laughable. It, it feels... On the one hand, that you know, the move's been made to make the Pacific Islands like more sort of to make the most of the talent that they have, and there are undoubtedly cases that people have played one cap and now they want to return, and it's good for that sort of side of the game. But these potentially far fetched options where people can sort of play for two countries is, is, uh, I don't know, it feels like it feels a little bit rushed, and I think Alan, at least your four year. Or five year. why don't they just match the res the new residency rule to it? it would make more sense to me,
0: yeah. The so the Tonga the Tonga team uh, I've actually I'm now more excited because I've now got well and a bit petrified. I've got tickets to the Scotland Tonga game down in Nice. Is they've they, they already had Fekatoa because he sort of qualified through sort of the sevens route, but they're now going to have Pito potentially gonna have Israel Folau, Vea Fafita, George Moala. Augustine Pulu, Sakopo Kepu, and Lumapi. And um, Lumapi would um, potentially be qualified. And then I do Yeah. So that...
2: <laughs> early, ba- early bath for Scotland at this World Cup, isn't it?
0: Honestly,
3: it's... <laughs> okay. Well, it's like when um, in the Rugby League World Cup when Tonga got all of their players back who'd played for New Zealand and Australia before and they wiped the floor with everyone.
0: Yeah, They're unbelievable. <laughs> like... Um yeah, and I guess I'm just sort of thinking, you know, looking at sort of Scotland Charge, ultimately we've been put on sort of probably the, the much harder side of the, the draw, especially sort of um up to the quarterfinals. So for us to get to the semifinals, we're likely gonna have to beat three of that Tonga team, Ireland, South Africa, New Zealand or France. So to get to the semifinals, we'll have to beat three of those four. Good. Which <laughs> just seems very, and you know, not only given, you know, the issues we've had with sort of South Africa and Ireland and ultimately kind of their level of performance, but the fact that even whether we come first or second in the group, my understanding is we'll have to play either New Zealand or France. And given the New Zealand-France match at the weekend, <laughs> does not fill me with a lot of confidence. <laughs>
2: um, cool. Yeah. So that's just sort of... Um, well, the pool stages will be nice at least. It'll be nice for us to beat that sort of Asian rep-a-charge winner, hopefully.
0: Yeah. Maybe just sort of. It's um, like I'm... Hong
2: Kong start h- Hong Kong calling John Barkley. Like, come on, John. Get, <laughs> get in the team.
0: <laughs> uh,
2: Jesus. Well, we will keep a very close eye on player eligibility. It certainly adds an extra layer of spice to the Six Nations squad announcement. Um, to see if um the scouting team have picked up anybody that might be Able to play for Scott. And a couple of other little bits of news before we get on to a bit of a review of the autumn. Um, the SOU have hired a new, I think he's called Pathway Director, a chap called John Fletcher who's previously worked for the English Rugby Union as their Head of Player Development and um, as heading up the academy at Newcastle Falcons. He's going to come in and join Jim Mallander's team. I mean, Matt, does this show the SOU sort of continuing to get a little bit more serious about their um, that sort of development pathway, not just um, sending scouts all around the world trying to find uh, people with Scottish grannies?
3: Yeah, well, uh, you know, I don't know that much about the guy, but he was also a director of rugby at the Falcons um, for a few years. So he's got proper pedigree and experience Um, and I I do remember reading when he was let go by the RFU when I I think they had a bit of a clean out of age group coaches there were a lot of people who were pretty pissed off because I think he was held in really high regard. I think he also um, helped coach the England on 20s at various points as well Um, so as I say it seems as if He's a well-respected, admired coach, uh, so it's it's good to see. Um, I think it's it's good to bring in someone who can maybe come out from outside of the typical SRU pathway, um, someone with a bit of an outside view, hopefully. Um, and I wonder if sort of Jim
0: Mallinder knows him quite well from his time in the RFU before. I think I think the general consensus is a lot of the the players were. Very sort of fond of fond of him, and actually, all thought he was a pretty incredible coach. I think a lot of them actually quite pissed off when when he got let go. People mm-hmm. like George Ford and, and Owen Farrell. So, no, I think the general consensus seems to be it's pretty great um, acquisition by the SVU.
2: High quality appointment and another seemingly. Good acquisition by the SRU on loan for the time being. But um, New Scotland uh, cap, Ewan Ashman, has joined Glasgow on a season-long loan from Sale. Alan, does this sort of make sense to you? Yeah, I think so. I think you've got sort of obviously Brown
0: who's who's been injured. Ewan Ashman's not really getting much sort of game time at Sale I would say I'm not sure exactly what the issue is, but i I get the sense that Danny Wilson isn't hundred percent sold on Turner. he seems mm. to be um sort of mixing up sort of Turner and sort of johnny matthews for for a lot of sort of the glasgow games. I guess it'd be interesting to see especially in sort of the 1872 cup who who he leads with but no, I think um It'd be interesting to see as well, because with, with Turner's contract coming up at the in the summer, whether um, he sort of signs an extension or whether someone like Ashman sort of comes in and sort of operates with sort of Fraser Brown in that sort of hooker
2: role. It will be very, very interesting to see. And New Zealander Josh Mackay has arrived in Glasgow. So when the URC... Kicks back off, um, over the next few weeks, we may get to see some of these new, these new faces pulling on the Glasgow jersey for the first time. So that's quite exciting, but news dispensed with. Let's look back at the last month or so of international rugby. Scotland, obviously picking up three wins out of four, um, beating Australia, Tonga and Japan and being downed, um, by South Africa. Matt I'll come to you first why don't you give us a sort of uh, your sort of high level summary of how how you think Scotland's autumn went
3: well I think if at the start someone had offered us three wins out of four we would have taken that with with both hands but there, there does seem to be a bit of a a sense of disappointment around the performances that actually went in um, I think that let's tonga was a good exercise in in bringing in new players and I think that those young debutants did really well, but it was a bit of a training run. Australia, to be fair, we managed to find a way to win um, without playing that well, making a lot of mistakes. South Africa, once again, pretty inaccurate, and Japan was similarly scrappy. So, yeah, I suppose it's a positive that we managed to get those that amount of wins without playing that well. But I still think there's quite a few. Questions that need to be answered, um, particularly around what we're trying to do in attack, whether we've got the right players in that midfield. Uh, yeah, so so I, I, as I say, I think there's still some
0: areas that are a bit unclear.
2: Alan, what do you reckon?
0: Yeah, sort of broadly the same. I think you know, ultimately, we can't we can't be too unhappy with sort of three or four, but I think there's a lot of things that I was sort of hoping to see kind of a development on that have either not improved or potentially sort of gone backwards. So I think the first one that I always think Scotland potentially should be sort of like the best in the sort of tier one countries, just given the level of game time we have together is like line outs or like just general sort of set piece. And I just think we still can't seem to kind of quite nail it as a team. And I think, you know, ultimately when these Majorities players play together when Scotland players probably get the most time together of any of the top nations. It feels like specifically the line out should be something that we are absolutely nailing. I think it's just deeply frustrating that in a couple of sort of the key moments, especially in that South Africa game, that, that is an area where it sort of failed. I think, agree with Matt, I think, especially in that, you know, defensively, I actually think we had sort of relatively sort of strong, um, autumn awesome internationals, but the attack just outside of sort of kind of ad hoc moments just didn't mm. quite seem to be clicking and i you know i think actually price kind of continued to have a relatively sort of strong series finn just isn't still continues to not be able to have that sort of level of consistency that um i think is sort of needed for us to be able to drive get through sort of a game like that South Africa match um or at least in, you know in the Japan game i think you know put away a team which ultimately were a lot better than than sort of the ninth, the the scoreline suggested and um yeah i think it's interesting with that sort of centre combination again like super super strong in defence but i was quite surprised you know for example that Harris got man of the match of the weekend because think ultimately an attack was sort of really struggling um to kind of kind of cut open, cut, cut open defences with that sort of 10, 12, 13 axis.
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think Finn, you mentioned Finn. there, he's come under quick criticism from from some quarters for his for his performance over autumn, and obviously he'd sort of dropped out of uh, dropped out of the starting team at, at, at Racing ninety two. Matt, is that I suppose a concern for you with the Six Nations around the corner? You know, this Scotland team feels like it needs uh um, a fit and firing um, Finn Russell if it's going to reach the sort of heights that it, it needs to, to to perform well in that tournament
3: In, in some ways uh, I wouldn't be surprised if come that England game or the France game for instance he has an absolute blinder and wins it for us almost single-handedly but and people will make the argument that you can't um, you, you've got to take the good with the bad with him and he he won't these amazing things unless he's constantly trying them and they won't constantly come off which i I do understand, but I think at the same time as Alan said that consistency isn't there and you know it's it's a matter of decision making, I suppose rather than um you know the, the the execution of it it's it's knowing when these things are on and when these things aren't and I think that in in the series particularly against South Africa maybe. You know, a, a lot of the sort of kicks from hands when it wasn't really on um, put us under a lot of pressure, uh, and, we, and we know that when we play against, you know, an Ireland or even a Wales, sometimes like it's it's that those pressure games that we can't quite seem to to handle. I mean, I, I just wonder if he if he looks up and sees who he has in his midfield, and he knows that they're great defensively but he doesn't really see someone with another playmaking option like Cam Redpath for instance and that's when he starts to try and do it all by himself
0: do you think the pack across the autumn series gave him a good enough platform
3: yeah possibly possibly not um, I mean to, to be fair if you think of like the Slavka game or something the amount of penalties we were given it at the, at the breakdown yeah um, and I think, just I think one of the most disappointing things about the autumn was just our inability to build attack. We we hardly went through the phases at all, and almost as you were saying, Alan, our tries came out of speculative individual bits of of brilliance. Um, so you know, maybe, and I think some of that isn't just the forwards because I think it's general inaccuracy, a lot of handling errors, but potentially, yeah if the forwards aren't giving you that ball, it's difficult to to build phases.
0: I guess the the slightly more sort of positive um, view is the number of caps that were sort of given out without without probably disrupting the team sort of too much, you know, just kind of like having that level of, that number of players coming in. I've actually, I've stolen from um, On Top of the Moon some the f- 15 players across 2021 20, who have been capped by Scotland, which is the the highest since like 1947. And uh wonder if we play a little quiz, see if you you can both knock out all 15 players from uh, the 2021 season.
2: Mm-hmm. Can certainly try. Do you want to go first, Matt? Just name no, one. D- what about D- D- it?
0: Dave. You need to go first. You need the help. <laughs>
2: I should be okay. I mean my, my short term memory is okay. <laughs> All right, man. Um, go. Josh Bayliss. Oh yeah, Josh Bayliss. Twenty twenty-four um, years
0: old. He's still still a youngster.
3: And he's he was a good guy to add to the mix. Was, he was, he good was a good addition to the mix. And uh Jamie Hodgson.
2: Jamie Hodgson is correct. Rufus McLean. Correct.
0: Twenty one. Marshall Sykes. Correct. Also twenty one. Big big boy for twenty one. Such a big boy. I hadn't realized it. I thought he was like twenty-three,
2: twenty-four. Um Pierre Schumann.
0: Correct. Also probably had a slightly yeah. above average. Yeah. That good I was than I was expecting. He's, he's I would say. a good addition. Yeah. Uh Ewan
2: Ashman. Ewan Ashman is correct. Another good addition. Um who's that Welsh lad?
3: In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
0: Something like that, or the other way, Ryan. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Not, not quite sure if he's as good an
2: addition. I think he fits really? the bill of like he's me, big he's enough seen. to stand up a scrum.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. If if we hadn't had Yavin,
2: it was Gordy Reed who was getting shipped in. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> Starting
3: for Gordy wasps. Reed. Yeah, once again playing for Wasps. <laughs> Um, That wasn't
2: like the Premiership Cup at the weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Tupolotu. Tupolotu.
0: Again, 24. I I didn't really realise how young he was.
2: Um, Right, I'm probably beginning to to struggle. Seven left from the whole of 2021. Seven. Seven? Remember, that
0: includes... Oh, Cameron Redpath. Correct. Um, Scott Steele. No, Scott Steele is incorrect. Really? Yeah. Playing he played in twenty twenty. He got capped. No. He hundred percent came off the bench for Scotland in the um he did. in the autumn. Against, in the autumn twenty twenty. Sort of the sad Italy. the
2: sad autumn twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to yes. try at the weekend for Quince, assisted by Hugh Jones.
0: Yes, Hugh Jones actually looked like he was playing quite well to be fair. Yeah, it did. Um, right, Dave, five four to you, and you've got you've Jamie you've got... Dobie.
2: Oh. Dobie is correct.
3: That was gonna be mine. I think I'm struggling now.
2: You went for a little bit more of an artisan pick for your scrum half choice.
3: <laughs> I was quite I was quite pleased with it as well. Like a really hipster, nonsense. yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Um we got Matt? I'm just thinking.
2: I've actually got another one, so uh, Dave, it's on to you. Who have you got? Yeah, I don't know. Dylan Richardson. Dylan
0: Richardson oh, nice. is correct. Seven 4 today with four left. <laughs> you got three forwards and one back. I'll three forwards and one up back to the floor. Christ. Um. There's one key one from the Six Nations.
3: Stuhand.
2: No. No. I'm, he was I'm, the autumn like, as well, my, wasn't he?
3: My years are mixed up.
2: That's COVID for you. Yeah, I know. One key one from the autumn. The yeah. forward of the back are they no, key?
0: key? Key one from the Six Nations, right? I think I think that's it. Dave take yeah, 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 the take the win Actually, it's a bit a bit of a pump so, thing. Actually, yeah. yeah um, Dave well Cherry, oh okay. Uh Alex Craig, Luke oh. Crosby, and then the back was Ross Thompson. Uh.
2: Of course, uh, I mean yeah. you would say on balance though that. Most of those players you can see going on and getting more Scotland caps. Yeah.
0: No, I do actually, when you, as you sort of went through that list and just actually looking at sort of the age profile and, and probably sort of how a lot of mm-hmm. them performed across both kind of the Six Nations and the Autumn Internationals, it actually does fill you with a lot of enthusiasm. Um, So, no, I think, um, I feel like that's got to be your number one benefit is, I feel like, going through the sort of, if you think about it, sort of the, the World Cup cycle and ultimately, us being sort of, you know, basically just under two years out, at least sort of trying to sort of use this autumn series to sort of blood a few of those sort of younger players that potentially might either start or at least be part of kind of like the broader squad when we get to um, get to France.
2: Absolutely. Should we get into the? Um, should we get into like the autumn? The autumn categories kicking off. Matt, I'll come but, to you. I was Just going to say. Do you, Go do ahead. you think, Matt? Matt you know, to your
0: point about the, the centre issue, do you think that just reaffirms how important potentially Cam Redpath is? And it, it seems mad given the fact he's only had one cap for Scotland, and I don't know whether we just sort of then kind of <laughs> or overblow it so or potentially how how impactful he could be. But it feels like that twelve position could be sort of a bit of a, a game changer for Scotland.
3: Yeah, he does almost seem the the perfect accompaniment to Finn. I I do think that Johnson has playmaking abilities. Whether he's not used in the right way or doesn't feel um, sort of able to to do so, I don't know, and maybe thinks of himself more as, as just someone who's crashing things up. Or he looks outside and doesn't really see another sort of distributor. I don't know. But I, I just think also at the same time, like we need to find a way to bring Duhan into the game more or get Darcy Graham on the ball more um, and, and Hogg, which I don't think we make the most of those guys. And they, they come into the game and, and show how good they are, but it's almost off their own back rather than a, a strategy of getting into things. But once again, at the same time, it's difficult to do that when you just can't. Keep holding the ball, which is one of the biggest issues over the often.
2: Are we are we at risk of turning Cam Redpath into our um, David Milliband? Is he just going to be like the, the the person that we're always like? And when he comes back, everything will be fine. I
0: thought you were going to make a, like a more relatable kind of comparison
2: yeah <laughs> oh sorry is my new is my new labor um my new labor comparison not not worthy i
0: just thought you were gonna be like are oh, too laggy or something
2: <laughs> yeah i think i think after you know fifty like it. episodes it's established that i don't know that much about rugby so you know i've got a pool pool from what i know i like it it's good <laughs> yeah
0: fair.
2: um matt why don't you come in with a nomination for best player of the autumn for for scotland then
3: I think possibly Schumann could be the best player. Um, I think that we. Interesting. I think we, we know. I think Duhan, Hogg at points, Richie at points, Price all had good autumns, but I don't think that was a huge surprise. And I think that Schumann coming in at Loosehead, a position where. We've maybe struggled a little bit in recent years. I mean, maybe shown no better by the fact that we've had to have Gordy Reid coming in to the Scotland camp. Um, No offense to him. But I think he showed up well. I even think he showed up well against South Africa, um, which is a big test for him. And yeah, he just adds another option in a position that really needed some depth. So I think he could be a contender.
2: You can Just hear the Duhan lobby on Twitter just getting so angry at you, not put, not putting him as an absolute shoon. in you uh, who would who are you putting forward?
0: I think there's broadly no particular sort of standout um, players. I think there was kind of a lot of players that had sort of specific um, games. I think Price was like very solid, yeah, across sort of the majority of the series. I think his like box kicks continue to be like basically on the money. Every time, which is just such a great weapon, especially when you got Duhan like absolutely charging down the wing, must be like the worst thing in the world. The worst sight in world rugby. <laughs> oh my yeah. god, it'd be absolutely horrific. But yeah, I think, Do- I think Doohan had good, had good, had a good, um, si- awesome series, and then I think probably just like I don't know R- Richie. I was gonna say Richie and-, and Watson, and I feel like they both at the same time had a really strong series, but probably. Didn't quite elevate, they sort of elevate the game. Maybe it's just again sort of zeroing in on that South Africa match, where where ultimately that's kind of the standard that I think they both. And it's obviously a little bit different for Watson because he he only plays sort of thirty minutes, but for someone like Richie, I feel like that South Africa game is ultimately the standard that he's going to be reaching. And I think he probably a little bit was sort of outperformed like around the breakdown versus hmm. a lot of those sort of South African forwards.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think but, in terms of um, pure world class moments, I think Duhan mm. had more than any other player for Scotland. Um, I mean, he just like ran th- ran over like the
0: ja- uh, like a J- Japanese scrum half, and it, it is great to watch. To be fair, but that's that's like that's like your core duhan right? The like, the
2: s i u are putting out so they've got like a sort of supercut of that moment with power by um, Kanye West playing on like their their Instagram. Right. Just like pure, pure content. Everything um, is content. I suppose, and I think Duhan is, you know, he was more world-class content than everyone else.
3: He also did play very well against South Africa, I thought, which is good to see.
2: That I run he, from like our yeah. five-meter line when we were really under the cosh was like incredible.
3: And ultimately that first hog try, and he actually both hog tries wouldn't have happened without him. And I think he could have easily had a bit of a, post Lions hangover and it didn't seem to affect him against South Africa. So yeah, I, I think he was really good, but it's it's just the fact that we we already knew how
0: effective he can be. And he scored what, eight six tries in eight games across twenty twenty one. Imagine if he'd had like a few sort of like, you know, like Europe if he if he'd be played against like Georgia and Romania, probably could have like tapped up to about like twelve. <laughs> yeah.
2: Do you think Hoggy's like, shit, I need to keep going because, like, Duhan, if he keeps, if Duhan gets sort of like five or six years of Scotland under his belt, he's got a good chance of already taking my uh, my title. I did
0: see that this year, Duhan scored eight tries, and in 2010, Scotland as a collective scored
2: five tries across the whole season. Really? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's just like, was it Tony Stanger that um, Hog took over from? Yeah. He must have just been loving like the early two thousands, the early twenty tens, when we just weren't when we weren't scoring tries. He's like that is an unassailable record.
3: But also, um, Darcy Graham's got a really good score rate. He's yeah, he's one and two. I think he's on ten or eleven or so.
2: He doesn't start as much, but I think George Horn's got like an offensive Scotland scoring rate as, as well. Yeah. He does what that is what he does. But wh- why don't we just why don't we give it give best player to Duhan with some honorable mentions um, to to Sherman and to Ali Price, who I absolutely agree has sort of maintained that sort of high quality form that he picked up and the confidence that he got from the Lions' experience. What about like a best a best moment, like an individual individual moment? I think sort of nominees. I think Hoggy breaking that. Um, Breaking that record, maybe some of those Doohan moments against uh, South Africa. But Alan, have you got anything to chuck into the chuck into the mix? It's not
0: not an individual moment, but I think first fifteen minutes against South Africa, Scottish yeah. D in the sort of twenty-two, and just sort of like being able to sort of hold back, sort of wave after wave of like Esther Beth and um, sort of Khaleesi, etc. I think was just like a really at the top, I know we obviously ended up going on to sort of lose that match, but I think showed sort of an increased level of sort of grit and um, abrasiveness that potentially the sort of Scotland pack didn't have even sort of two years ago. And I think ultimately sort of if we and, and again, that was with a pack that was missing sort of four or five sort of first first team sort of um, players. So I think, yeah. you know, looking at defence across the whole of the Autumn series, I feel like the sort of good news story that came out of sort of the Six Nations of just kind of that improvement in defence for Scotland has sort of carried over. And I think ultimately the kind of big question for Toonie is how can we maintain that level of, of defence but kind of bring our attacking game kind of back up to kind of what it, what it has been over the last sort of two years? Also, just stop giving lots of penalties away because it's really oh, you know, the penalties. Yes,
2: I think the penalty count is uh, <laughs> is certainly a concern. Matt, have you got a have you got a moment that sticks in the mind?
3: I think being at the stand for uh, at, at Murrayfield for the I think the two Scotland tries in that game in the South Africa game were really special. Yeah, actually. And I think for a game that was fairly turgid gave the crowd exactly what they wanted, everyone was on their feet um, fully involved I think the, the other favourite moment that was then followed by crushing disappointment was when Hogg had just scored a second try, we were seven points down and he boomed a spiral that Kinghorn then chased and... Ah, oh, that was class <laughs> I can't remember who it was on the wing, it might have been Mipimpy, but Took him down, we get the penalty, line out, you know. Uh, that that was almost the, the biggest cheer of the day in anticipation. Mm. Yeah, and, the lost, and the atmosphere was incredible. Yeah, it was amazing. And then we lost the line out. Yeah. Um, I think the, the other the other moment I would say thinking about it is once again, I know it was only Tonga, but Rufus McLean announcing himself on the say, yeah. international stage was was pretty awesome. His his second try in particular. That once again, that's that sort of box office stuff.
2: Yeah, I was going to go over the sort of the, the, the debutant narratives of the uh, Rufus McLean and then the um, Ewan Ashman finish against Australia. Both just mm-hmm. like really, really class moments, and I, thought, I know this is, it's like it, it's not like a rugby moment, but having not been at Murrayfield for for quite a long time, to go to the, going for the South Africa game. The second verse of Flyer of Scotland when they cut the music in a full Murrayfield is absolutely awesome. And having not felt that for so long, it's just it's so good. Mm. I really do think they've got they've they've got that nailed. <laughs>
0: just need to play the games a little bit later.
2: Yeah, it, it was so str- it was so strange that lunchtime kickoff in like beautiful sunshine in Edinburgh. It was yeah strange. Yeah, but if that had been under the lights pitch black, second verse against South Africa. Incredible. We're winning that. We're probably still overthrowing that line out and not you know, <laughs> not, sc- not, sc- not scoring that try. Um, but yeah, so pl- plenty of amazing moments for, for, for us to, to look back on. Alan, plenty of newcomers this autumn. Who do you think performed the best?
0: The I guess in terms of newcomer, I mean, whether you consider sort of Schumann a newcomer, I guess you, you do, but it, it feels like he's obviously been on the radar for a long time. I, I think to, to Matt's point earlier, he sort of performed at a higher level than I had initially sort of anticipated. Um, so it was just good to see. I think a couple of players that probably had a, a few moments. Sort of, um, Bayless looked fairly strong when he mm-hmm. when he was on the pitch, yep. which I think is sort of an intri- sort of an interesting addition um, for Scotland. I think ultimately, you know, Matt Ferguson, whilst obviously looked kind of strong when he came off the bench against Japan, still hasn't quite managed to sort of nail down that sort of third spot in the in the back row. And I think ultimately sort of having Bayless there, good to sort of spur him on, but also just kind of good for Scotland to have that sort of um, additional um, option, if, if needed, because ultimately Matt Ferguson, also is just incredibly injury-prone, right? Mm. Um, so good yeah. to have good to have him there.
2: Matt, what do you reckon? You going with Bayless? Yeah, I,
3: I had quite high hopes for Bayless, and I think that he delivered on them. Um, I, I think, once again, I think Rufus, Rufus McLean's a newcomer. I think, although he got caught out for that staff could try, I think he's shown enough with the ball in hand that he could be a challenger Um, and I you know someone who I think you say is a winner from the series is and playing in a different position than he's he's used to is Blair Kinghorn who I think is slowly being positioned as like a core bench option for Mm. for Scotland whether you agree with it or not
0: have we have we ever established why Blair Kinghorn is like so hated by like a small sort of subsection of Scottish rugby fandom. No.
2: I people should write in look. the thistle rugby at gmail.com. Tell us why you hate Burkhard. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> send 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 your anthrax letters to us
2: instead. Yeah. I'll give you like, my, yeah.
0: he's such a he's such a real sort of like trigger point for just sort of like maybe like fifteen to twenty people on Twitter, I think. Any sort of like complimentary um, Sort of s- s- updates and people just like absolutely like piling in.
3: There, yeah. there's, it does seem to be sometimes quite personal as well. It's like, oh, I just don't like his, his attitude.
0: Like, what, what, attitude? I don't understand what's he shown before? What's he done? And it's definitely like the same people that are like, god damn it, Finn the Maverick. It's, I love him. Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. Just, I generally think, like, Finn just, like, comes out with stuff that, like, if he was, like, any other nationality or, like, wasn't as, like, rogue, everyone would be like, fucking hell, mate. Saw your shit out. The fact... <laughs> the, like, just, like... the. Like having like five guys and like beans and toasts like pre, <laughs> pre-rugby pre It's like, yeah, it's great. And look, I am in absolutely no position to judge anyone's <laughs> kind of like eating habits. But it's like, I don't know, just like have like a healthy pasta. <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah. T- take your career like a couple of percent more seriously. <laughs> That's all we're really asking.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like no one's asking you to change your demeanor on the pitch (laughs) it's just like ensuring that like your body and just like in general sort of um kind of self is just in like the right like space like in terms of preparing for the match you know he's freakish
2: though because like finn is a really good defender like he bangs people it's it's mental is he
0: that good a defender
2: I think he's, if he's, you were to show him, his, show me a picture yeah. of Finn and and then show me some of his tackling, I'd be like, he's outperforming his body. It's,
3: it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a miracle. A,
0: <laughs> is Finn is, is Finn kind of like a, a a bat? A kind of an argument for why Ice sh- will be able to take down George Horn in a five meter <laughs> channel? You know, ultimately, body shape and like is isn't an indicator of whether you can put in the hit.
2: I think you're well, possibly reaching
0: there.
3: Yeah. But I, I think that would be a worry for you then, because like George Horn, for instance, isn't as big as you, but he would absolutely kill you. Yeah. But see, there's power and then there's like mass. I've got a lot of mass. <laughs> yeah, but when your mass is backed up by zero power, that's <laughs> you can deal you can deal with
2: that. Yeah. I think yeah. you would just have to time your sort of like uh Terry's Chocolate Orange Hot Chocolate so just like you're getting a huge energy rush just before <laughs> George Horn's coming down a five meter channel at you so <laughs> I want to like it, 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 that's your spinach that's your Popeye equivalent of spinach is just like a massive like iced latte yeah <laughs> um, another shout for best newcomer Matt pint cans of tenants available at Murrayfield yeah it's a really nice touch
3: makes everyone's life a lot easier as well I think they should have you know at the Stadio Olimpico they have the people who walk up and down the steps with the oh so good big with the, bags the of ice buckets, literally yeah. yeah like rucksacks of cans. That's that's the next step for Murrayfield, although it might be complete carnage.
2: That is the worst bit I think of the, the match day experience, and I guess it's not their fault. But like people getting up in between, like not at half time, but like going and getting drinks like while the games are still on. I get I've, that's a real pet peeve of mine, which would be solved by your your. You're sort of people selling stuff in the stadium.
3: The only other, the the downside to bringing cans in, sorry, to allowing cans is it's very easy to then bring cans in yourself out with the stadium, which I may or may not have done for the South Africa game.
2: Jesus. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I don't think I was the only one. I'm going to refer you to Police Scotland.
0: I feel like it's been a good autumn series for cans of tenants, but not a good autumn series for general drinking at rugby matches.
2: Yeah, I, I do think that guy throwing up on the kid at Wales is is pretty poor.
3: Yeah. yeah, Not great. <laughs> There's
2: not a lot of ways around that. Um, well, that's sort of best best newcomer. Um, one eye on the time here, fellas. This is the breakfast show. We've got jobs to go to, and I think, Alan, you're is your child just lying sort of unlooked after in a door, next door? Um, you know, thankfully, Ashley's <laughs> meeting got cancelled. So, but I have just been
0: like... Basically, Freya's been crying this whole call. I'm just like <laughs> hiding in like a side room. It's like not <laughs> hoping that... Ashley is lasted. a saint. Yeah, <laughs> oh,
2: <would> 100%. <laughs> uh, and we thank... You know, the Scottish Rugby public thanks, thanks her for, for her, de- her dedication. Um, why don't we then look ahead to... What we've learned, obviously, throughout the autumn, how does this play out in the Six Nations? It feels to me that it was pretty good. But if you look at France, if you look at England, if you look at Ireland, you know, Matt, those teams have made a huge leap forward in terms of their quality. And, you know, perhaps it's going to be sort of same old, same old for Scotland come February.
3: Yeah, I mean, famous last words. I still don't think that england team is as good as that south africa game shows um i still think that scotland obviously have have beaten them in recent games and won't be sort of too worried about taking them on um i ireland is the one that i just if if they can select that same basically leinster side plus 3 or 4 really good players away from home that's what i worry about and Although France have obviously just beat New Zealand and are in a very good place, like we still do very well against them. Um, yeah. So, especially at home as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, part of me, part of me is not that, yeah, I mean, it's going to be bloody tough. But I think if we can get back, um, Grey Cummings is fit and we don't have too many other injuries, like we've got a pretty settled side. And ultimately, if we can't do something with that side, which is as a few people have said, like a a bit of a a once-in-a-generation team, then you know (laughs) what? What else can we do, really?
2: Alan, do you share Matt's optimism or kind of like cautious optimism?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. I sort of increasingly think that last year was the Six Nations, or this year was the Six Nations that got away. That was Mm. that was that was our time to. that bloody welsh game and then obviously we were still in it against ireland there was an opportunity there that ultimately we haven't had since um 1999 which yeah you know, deeply frustrating and i i guess yeah i'm i'm just wondering whether you're going to find a hot i think we'll beat one of England and France at home, but I just don't see a scenario which we sort of probably beat both of them. And I think I still haven't seen enough from the Scotland team for me to believe that we can sort of go to Dublin and sort of take on that the Irish team up front and and, um, and get out of there with a, with a win. So I think I'm sort of worst case scenario thinking is 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 one one win at the moment i would say given sort of the the quality of scotland's performances over the autumn and, and other teams i would say best case scenario is probably sort of three wins i do really think we need to be going to wales and winning though wales are not that good yeah are not that good and whilst we did beat wales away um in technically in the 20 um 26 nations. Ultimately that was in the autumn and it was like the park of scarlet. It's like it's very different to being at the like, yeah. Millennium Stadium in front of yeah Brody. Definitely. Like I really think we need to be going there and trying to to win our first match at the Millennium Stadium
2: um, for a long time. So one hundred percent Well what on that sort of like on that note why don't we leave why don't we leave it there? Um, it's back to the old clays and purridge of the URC this weekend so we'll be uh, putting out a newsletter early next week covering all of that sort of stuff and as ever follow us on our social medias to keep up with everything going on in um, Scottish rugby now that I I understand that Edinburgh are saying that the 1872 Cup derby is bigger than all of us you can expect to see a lot of things making fun of that on Twitter, which is at Thistle Rugby Pod, On Instagram, Thistle rugby pod. And that newsletter is on Substack, the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. And please do let us know, why do you not like Blair Kinghorn? Or on the other side of the coin, if you do like Blair Kinghorn, send us an email, thistlerugby at gmail.com. Otherwise, we will be in touch with you guys very soon. Cheers.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row?